What up? <laughs> hey. What's, hey. What's my name? Chris Kraus. <laughs> Kraus. Chris Kraus. I think that's what it is now. Chris it's Kraus? not Chris Kraus. It's Chris Kraus. Like K R A U S E. Yep. Chris Kraus. That's how I'm. That's how I'm picturing it. All right. See, this is how it organically happens. Chris okay. Kraus. Chris Kraus. What up, Chris Kraus? Yeah. So it makes me sound German, which Chris I am Kraus. a very small amount of. Um, Dubs. What up? Did you see Hamilton? Fuck Hamilton. <laughs> Strong thoughts. No, it's just, it's, it's me. It's me. You know this. It's like... Oh, it's, it's the like, Breaking Oh, my God. Syndrome. Hamilton is so amazing. Did you see Hamilton? Oh, you got to go see Hamilton. It's like life-changing. Oh, I can't believe how wonderful Hamilton was. Oh, here's a song I'm going to sing for you. Fuck you. Ew, fuck what Hamilton. the hell? I have a lot of theater. I had a lot of... I, I still have, I guess, their friends, but like a lot of theater people. Yeah. Fuck Hamilton. Cool. Just <laughs> fuck Hamilton. Well, I saw it because it's on Disney Plus now. Was it amazing to change your life? Was it revolutionary? No, it was kind of annoying. <laughs> For, for a little bit. It's, Fuck um, Hamilton, see wh- what I'm saying? What do you know about Hamilton? It's annoying. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> do you know, like, what the show's about? I know it's annoying, that's it. Sure, okay. That's all I know. I know Does, it's annoying. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> a follow-up question. Is everything you know about Hamilton what I've told you about Hamilton so far? <laughs> Which is that it's annoying. Uh, um, and to be fair, kind of annoying. I said kind of annoying. Yes. I would say yes. <laughs> Do you know who it's about? Hamilton. Which Hamilton? The Hamilton. The, the, like, is his name like Prince? It's just Hamilton? Alexander Hamilton. There you go. Okay. Yeah. So it's about Alexander Hamilton and it's basically, it's all rap. That's it. That's all you need to know. It's a musical. That's the story of Alexander Hamilton and they rap all the songs. That's fuck Hamilton. That's just, yeah. (laughs) Do you like musicals at all? Um, either musical movies or musical plays. I do, I do. I, I don't mind them. It's just, I. It's not like it's musicals. Don't. I feel like there's two types of ways to take to take musicals. One is you take in a musical and it's this uplifting, spiritual, fulfilling, enlightening experience of joy in release, and then. There's other people who watch musicals that just go, oh, this is nice. This is a song. And I am the second. I am. <laughs> oh, no. There's a third type. Oh, there's a third, the type. third type. Tell me the third type. There's a third type who watch musicals and go, fuck musicals. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, no. Okay. Three types of people that, that watch musicals. <laughs> Two types of people that like musicals. Okay. Yeah, and that's sure. what I meant. I, I, I do like musicals. I don't, I don't hate musicals. Um, and I'm saying fuck Hamilton just because of... I don't know the the giant jerk off that everybody does of it. Um, how everybody just circle jerks to Hamilton whenever you mention it. Yeah. Um, I think that's why uh, I feel that way about Hamilton in particular. But no, I do like musicals. I do like musicals. I don't mind. Yeah. Um, I've seen a lot. I've seen. Um, I saw Lion King in on, person. Yep. Nice in person on Broadway. I saw Rent mm-hmm. in Broadway. I saw uh, what is it? Uh, Wicked. Cool. Um, on Broadway, like Those are some big ones. Yeah, yeah, and they were all really, really good, and they mm-hmm. were they were they were pretty neat. Um, so yeah, no, no, I, I don't hate I don't hate musicals. I think it's funny that you hate musicals, but you watched Hamilton. Well, yeah, because uh, my girlfriend, I don't know exactly how she feels about it, but I think she at least likes musicals. I don't think she's like a crazy huge fan of musicals, but she likes them a lot. I feel like most people like them. 
Um, or like, I feel like I'm in the minority of like, I don't like these. Why do people like these? Why don't they just, <laughs> why don't they just make movies without singing? It would be so much better. Um, like, I really want to see La La Land, right? Because it just seems like... The, says the guy, who's, the wait, guy who says he doesn't like musicals wants wait. to see La La Land? <laughs> Somebody told me the story, and then it has uh, Emma Stone oh, yeah. and Ryan Gosling. Oh, yeah. And, like, the art direction and the cinematography looks so cool, and there's, yeah. like, these dreamlike sequences and yes. stuff like that. And then I found out it was a musical, and I'm like, fuck, I don't want to see it anymore. <laughs> like, that's just... It doesn't sound good anymore, even though I heard it's amazing. <laughs> but... <laughs> Um, it's like you're watching a movie, right? Yeah. And something dramatic is happening, and they're like, "Oh my god, what are we gonna do?" And one person goes, "Well, you have to." I'm like, "Fuck this, turn it off." <laughs> <laughs> Nobody would sing like that. So, what was the rap like? Was it like Atlanta was, style hip hop? Was it New York? Was it like Brooklyn and Harlem? Like what kind was of West Coast? <laughs> that like very. Uh, educated vocabulary style of rapping. Like I uh, want to know what you mean by educated vocabulary style of rapping. <laughs> because on one hand, I, I'm thinking of something like schoolhouse rock rappy no. kind of thing. Or I'm thinking of like Taleb Kweli, yes. like Black Thought. That's what I was of- going to say in the next sentence. Like Taleb Kweli, Common, something like that. Okay. Like big words, like stretching deep into the vocabulary things like words that people don't use in conversation but like they're these long three four syllable words yeah because there's definitely like a a certain level of um that style of hip-hop of of going on more of a philosophical uh theory level of of lyricism yeah so yeah that's i didn't know i wanted to know what you meant by that (laughs) because In my immediate head, I thought of like Will Smith meets like uh, like Schoolhouse Rock. Nope. And I was just like, okay, <laughs> not that is not All right, that's, that's educational rapping. Not that's what I thought. That's rapping. what I thought you meant. And I was like, okay, okay, all right. No, uh, let me see if I can play a little bit. You know, the the smallest. Okay, never mind. That's so. That is very. That sounded like Schoolhouse Rock. <laughs> I was gonna say that's like Schoolhouse Rock. No, um, no, I don't know how to. I don't know how to describe it. But like, corny. You could just say corny. It's okay. It, it sounds. It's, it's part corny. of it was corny, but part of it was parts of the lyrics. I was actually kind of like, oh, damn, that was that was pretty good. <laughs> like those are some bars. <laughs> um, but it um, there was too much singing where people weren't singing. I can I guarantee you if you go back on that conversation that Alexander Hamilton and Thomas Jefferson had, uh, they did not sing those words. Um, and that's like my whole thing. It completely rips me out of it. The rapping or the singing? Singing. Like I'm so still the rapping talking about musical. I mean, rapping it was better than singing. So if you saw Lion King, and they were rapping instead of singing, that'd be fine. So like I guess, Hakuna Matata, Hakuna Matata was a rap. Yeah, and Hakuna not a, Matata, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's not like Hakuna Matata. So <laughs> there are a few exceptions, right? Like oh, there, okay. there are like Lion King. I love and Lion King. I watch as an adult, and like it doesn't. 
slap me in the face that this is a musical because i feel like almost no worries for the rest of your days yeah no it's a jam (laughs) (laughs) but maybe because that was so like ingrained in me as a child that that story is music is told through music um but it's i also think disney and cartoons have an easier time getting away with it like i hate watching live action musicals like sound of music I hate that. What is Sound of Music? Sound of Music with uh, Julie Andrews. She's a nun. Oh, yes, 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 yes. She goes yes, to yes, babysit yes. some Nazi kids or something. <laughs> okay, so what do you think of um, Mary Poppins? Nah. I mean, they throw cartoons in there, right? That's the one with cartoons? Yeah. Like, she's singing, and then all of a sudden there's, like, penguins dancing with umbrellas yes. and stuff? Yes. Yeah, that's fun. That's, that's like, that's hey, fun. we're aware that this shit is fucked up that she's singing. <laughs> so we threw in some penguins. Okay, Little Mermaid. Yeah, cartoon. Okay. She's a talking... So you're okay she, with cartoon musicals? She's... They have to... I think part of what it is, is it breaks the reality for me. I'm sitting there watching Lin-Manuel Miranda having this conversation i actually don't know if there was any talking in uh hamilton i'm pretty sure it was all all singing all in a hot fire yeah there were some songs and stuff like that um (laughs) but yeah it was (sighs) there it's it's such a weird way to tell a story to me it's such a weird way for me to digest a story the thing that i don't like about musicals that is why I'm just like I like the music from a musical perspective from mm-hmm. a, like just from a, a, a strict music take mm-hmm. but not like a movie take sure is that I don't like the over exaggeration of the theme of the song when it's performed yeah because it makes sense when you see a band or a musician do it because it, it, it has this they're, they're with instruments usually Mm-hmm. Like, and that's also why it's cringy when you have people like singing into a mirror and it's, and it's because it's to a mirror and it's not in front of a <laughs> microphone. It, it's, it's the same kind of cringe. And it's because to me, it's the, it's like, oh, we're going to sing about how it's, you know, it's, it's a sunny day and we're going to sing about the sunny day and it's so sunny and the sun is beautiful and life is beautiful. And the way they sing about it has to involve twirling and jumping and grabbing things and and juking around with stuff. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like no, it, definitely. It's the over-exaggeration of like, well, the theme is about is happy, sunny day. So we need to yeah. really emphasize the joy that, that the sun brings you. So we yeah. need you to like jump up and click your heels and then land. And like, that's how we're going to portray this. Yeah. And so they do it. And it's just like you said, it kind of takes you out of it. For me, it's just, it's just, I don't know from, from a movie watching experience, I just go, this is so fucking exaggerated. Mm-hmm. And it's so like you, like you're saying out of normative context for a movie it's just like this. This it does. This is ridiculous. I mean, you know, a movie that kind of did this okay. It was the movie with, um, oh god, Zoe Deschanel and what's his name? Five hundred days of summer. There you go. They kind of did something like that, mm-hmm. and that was that was it worked because all the themes that they were 
like singing and dancing and all like the little cartoons that would pop out and stuff. They were in the same context of the movie. The movie was about romance. The yeah. movie was about a relationship. The movie was about this summer and all of the stuff they were singing and dancing about and all the cartoons and animations that were involved with it were about the over exaggeration of falling in love or having a crush or being nervous or being happy and elated. And because of that, I feel like that movie wasn't as, as, out of context with its musical parts yeah as something like i, I can't I, I don't watch enough movies to know but like another movie where it's a musical it's a music yeah it's a musical so kurt i i'm not positive because i saw it once and it was 10 years ago but i think 500 days of summer has one musical number in it and it's supposed to be like a tongue-in-cheek like i don't think that movie's a musical i think there's it's literally not. one song and it's um I forget what it is. It's like a oh, uh, bum, it's bum, bum, yeah. Bum, you make my bum, dreams by Hall and Oates, and I love that because it's kind of making fun of how. I mean, it's not a musical. It's not an original song, but like he's just feeling on top of this world. On top of the yeah. world, he got a date with this girl, and he feels like he's in a music video. And he's like, all of a sudden, he's dancing down the street, and he's like right. dancing with other people on the street, and yes. the cartoon birds land on his yes. shoulder, and he's yes. just like feeling like that's what I mean. World. Yeah, yeah. So you're right. You're right. I was wrong. It there was only one and it was that it is satirical yeah but it's also done in context where you don't get taken out of the movie experience of like wait a minute this is a musical you just go along with it because it's just yeah he feels amazing because he had this great date with this girl that he has a crush on yeah and it's almost like a breaking the fourth wall moment of like hey this guy feels great and he feels like he's in a music video so we're gonna show you the music video he thinks he's in it keeps you in it yeah which i thought was great yeah um, and it's not like when the breakup happens, like there's like a bird that's getting like drenched, like a little birdie that lands yeah. on his shoulder and is crying and he's exactly. just singing to it. And then he, like that doesn't happen because if that did, that would be, it would just be the exaggeration of it. Yeah. Where it's outside of the realm of understanding the, the contextual theme of mm-hmm. what's happening. And it's just this crazy. Yeah. Like if it were a musical, they would get in a fight and he would sing for three and a half minutes about how he's sad. Where, and it, where the fight would be singing back and forth. <laughs> it would be like a, a duet, like a dueling yes, duet. That's be exactly at, what it would be. It's stupid. So like, <laughs> I get... <laughs> fuck musicals. <laughs> I love this passion you have for for musicals. It's one of the, it's, it's one of my strongest like negative passions. <laughs> fuck musicals and fuck bell peppers. But Bell peppers? No, we'll talk about that later. Okay. But the I do appreciate like the quality in musicals. I think I could see the quality in like a stage production like Hamilton or like Sound of Music. Like there are certain parts where I'm like, damn, she is killing this song. Like she's hitting, she has crazy range. Um, She's like so spot on. The choreography is amazing. The stuff that they're doing is so like visually pleasing. And like in Hamilton, they have this cool thing, spoilers for Hamilton, but like there's like a, a Target logo on the stage, but it like blends into the stage because it all looks like wood, like old, like colonial floors, just planks of wood. But the shapes in the Target like spin and they could spin independently. So like they could be like walking across the stage and they're like they're supposed to stop on their marks and then all of a sudden that part of the stage will spin so that person is spinning around the stage but nobody else is because like just that ring of floor is moving or like the inner ring could be moving the opposite way yeah yeah so like that stuff is really cool and like the way they had the the stage built it looked like it could be on like a a colonial ship which like 
the parts going up and like staircases and stuff like that on a big ship like that or in like an old colonial building and they use that a bunch of different ways like the same set because they never did that thing where it goes to black and then they changed and put up a new set they just used the same set but it always felt right yeah i mean like i i don't think um, any live theater is an insane amount of work. Oh yeah, insane amount of work from from multiple angles and multiple crews and people mm-hmm. and and stagehands and directors and and like costume and just the whole the whole production of it is an, is absolutely a masterpiece of work ethic. Mm-hmm. That being said, I think the same thing about golf. Where <laughs> I think, well, no, I think golf is an incredible feat. Mm. of athleticism patience and mental ability to take this little ball and hit it with this weird faced club (laughs) and then send it like 300 feet or meters or whatever down and to like land with the right spin so it hits the grass like the size of a solo cup (laughs) yeah and then like it rotates and curves on like the slight incline no i think golfing is is extremely talented i just think it's boring as shit yeah like yeah. and I just don't. I don't. I just yeah. don't like watch. So it. like golf sucks. Fuck golf. But you can appreciate how talented golfers are. Yeah, because I'm not. By saying that, I'm not saying like because you say something like, "Oh man, like fuck golf," and the immediate response is, "Oh, you don't know how talented they are." It's like, no, I I do. I'm not saying they're not talented. I'm saying like just fuck it. I don't. It's not for me. Play a better sport. It's just it's not for me. It, it's just you know there's like like um there's people who are like fuck whiskey. Sure. Like they totally can't appreciate like a Pappy Van Winkle or like a George Stagg. Like, oh my mm. gosh, I can't believe you found like a George Stagg original bubble. Like, they can probably say, I I can totally see why people love this for the amount of like work and craftsmanship that goes into it. I just fucking hate whiskey. Fuck whiskey. Yeah, like me, like fuck scotch. <laughs> it tastes like hairspray that's been filtered through rotten wood, but I appreciate. <laughs> I gotta, much, I gotta give you better scotch, man. I gotta give you better scotch. And time goes into it. I've had like Lagavulin. Yeah, it's there's, nasty. There's more than that. Well, like, that's that's an Isla. That's a super strong profile compared to. Like, yeah, it's a my high dad's end. favorite. Oh, it's my favorite too. I'm a huge Isla guy, but like, you can totally have really. Uh, anyways, regardless. Yeah. <laughs> drinks are a little. I guess drinks are a little bit too, too varied. Um, yeah. No, I'm not saying like. I'm not, I'm not like I'm not saying like I I can't appreciate what it what it is. It's just it's just not my speed. Musicals. Well, I was or gonna say golf, golf but <laughs> but like musicals, I appreciate from like you said like when I saw Wicked, that's mm. when I really was thinking, holy shit! Like her range, like mm. oh man, she's holding that vibrato like so well and so long. Holy shit! What was that? Christian Chenoweth and Adina Menzel. Mm. Fuck! They had like a a bunch of duets, and it was incredible. And from a from somebody who who plays music, that's really where where I appreciate this. It's, yeah. it's just um, it's kind of the same thing that, that I feel when you see performers who are able to do theatrical performances while they while they sing. Like Pink is known for doing this. Pink is known for being one of the last few remnants from like early 2000s mm-hmm. like her britney spears christina, uh, christina aguilera. aguilera like like that whole era the boy bands all mm-hmm. that stuff they all had live shows that were shows mm-hmm. like giant props stage explosives and, costumes yeah fl- like pink's known for like flying on like cables and shit She's still, to my knowledge, one of the few performers, especially from that time frame, mm-hmm. that still does crazy performances like mm. that. Um, 
I think I think Taylor Swift does it now too. I think Taylor Swift has gone through a very large. I've never seen a lot of her live footage, but to my knowledge, her production is is pretty high too. Mm-hmm. The but she's not a dancer like Pink or like the the boy bands were or Christina Aguilera. Like to be able to sing and dance like like Lizzie does. Like Lizzie is known for being insane live because cool. Lizzie Lizzo. Liz, I'm sorry, Lizzo. Yeah, Lizzo. Lizzo. She's known for being an absolute beast of a performer. Yeah, because of her themes, her at the athleticism that she does mm-hmm. while she's singing. Yeah, and then she like pulls out a flute and does like a flute solo or some <laughs> shit. Like, like she just like 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 that's that's really impressive to me. Yeah, because I think of how difficult it is. Like, I have problems just when I was in a band playing and singing and making sure I hit the key right. Yeah. And I, I was constantly looking at Stavros like on the other side of the stage and he'd be like non-verbally telling me higher or lower because I have no such thing as pitch. <laughs> yeah. And he's laughing if he's hearing this because he knows because he has borderline. If not, he does have perfect pitch. So every time I would sing, it was just like nails being hammered into his <laughs> eardrums because I'd be so off. And because he has perfect pitch, he was like, "Oh yeah, you are bad. You are just completely away from that note you need to hit." And then I'm thinking I'm hitting it. He's like, "Oh cool, you don't have any pitch because you're still not close." <laughs> and you're like, "Higher, higher, 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 higher." Okay, hold it. There you go. You did it. That's the note. Remember that note. Just do it forever. And that's, that's how it was. So, um, I from for musicals, I 100% appreciate them. From a music performance yeah. uh, uh, viewpoint. And that's thankfully because I play music, I can appreciate a lot of music because of it, even if I don't like it. You know, like I went through a period of time where I hated classical music mm-hmm. and I hated jazz and I didn't understand blues because it was too slow. And then eventually, like, I just found an appreciation and I found a, a viewpoint because you, you, I don't think you can perceive, I can't perceive, you know, I can't perceive a metalcore album the same way I perceive like a classic blues album. Right. You just you 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 can come from the same area of that lens, but I can't be like, "Where's the breakdown? I don't have the, <laughs> Where's the two-stepping? I don't hear that shit." Like, give me a gallop, motherfucker. Like you you just can't have that. Lens. Give me a gallop, Mozart. You're like <laughs> <laughs> like you just can't you just you just can't so so yeah that's yeah that's the lesson i think yeah i what i can get out of musicals is like the talent that goes into it that's but cool. i can also get that out of any other movie and then i enjoy the movie for what it is <laughs> like uh inglorious pastors or something i was like god the cinematography is so incredible the acting is incredible the script is like Oh, like that farmhouse scene at the beginning. With, oh, yeah, we uh, talked about it last episode. Yeah. Oh yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, we did. We talked heavy about Glorious Bastards. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. That scene at the beginning is like so well written, so well acted, so well shot, and then like it's amazing for what it is. But if they were singing that, I'd be like, wow, <laughs> this is really well written and this is really well shot. Fuck musicals. <laughs> Why couldn't this have just been spoken? But I guess that's just a preference thing. I also. Like, I just don't like singing that much. Like, like, you, I like, you don't like singing yourself, or you don't like hearing people sing? I don't like hearing people sing. Oh. Like, I like it when it's part of, like, in a band. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. I also just don't like that genre of music. Maybe. Well, that style of music is is very... And see, this is, I wish Dad was here, because he plays and he, he does instrument instrumentals and, like, 
uh, band orchestras for plays. So he literally does this as a side gig. So mm-hmm. he knows exactly what we're talking about. So he would be he would be the expert to explain like that style of music yeah. and how it's how it's phrased yep. and and like how it's written because it is very unique. Because you're basically taking full sentences from a book and making it a song. So it's <laughs> it's that was perfect. That that sentence is why I hate musicals. You don't need to be singing what you're saying right now. Right, right. I mean it's it's and it's it's because it's not done in the prose of something like poetry. Mm. You know, of the prose. It's not done in like the the stanzas of something like poetry or prose, yeah. where it's it's done with a theme that's it's literally inside like a rule set yeah. of how you have to phrase it for mm-hmm. it to fit within measures. Where I feel like in musicals, I feel like it's so weird because it I know there are measures, but because it doesn't rhyme. It just yep. keeps going at different paces. So it just goes and goes and goes <laughs> and goes. And and it just, yeah. So it, it's weird. It, it's just weird to in, to digest. Yeah. And, ooh, and here's something new. Here's a little nugget that my brain was like, hey, here's another reason you hate musicals. <laughs> because they're singing and acting at the same time. Like the, the song that I tried to play, it's called uh, Not Throwing Away My Shot or Throwing Away My Shot. And it's all about, it's a theme that keeps recurring in the play. Uh, spoilers. But uh, <laughs> at the beginning, he's like, he has a shot to do something and he's not going to throw that away. And he's like, he's not just saying like, I'm not throwing away my shot. He's like, I'm not throwing away my shot. And he's like singing it so like passionately. Because he has so, to emphasize the intent and the desire so cringy. that burns inside. Exactly. Yeah. But he's singing it. He's like singing his passion and it's so cringy to me. See, he, he instead could have just sang 8 Mile. Yeah. Like, like, like Lose Yourself. You know, he could have <laughs> <Yeah. just, laughs> That would be great. <laughs> Not throwing away my mom's spaghetti. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, fuck. Uh, here's something that I, I wish... I think America needs America needs our podcast because it needs to hear this first episode because I think we can save America. Yeah, um, sure. The the this be this part of this episode is about how we dislike something. Sure. And how we do not like it. We do not want it. We yeah. do not agree with it. But we can appreciate it for what it is and why people do. Yeah. And that's okay. And we're yeah. just we're smiling and laughing about it and moving on. We're not freaking out and and spitting at at people and screaming and and we're not getting violent about it we're not calling for arms we're not claiming that it's unpatriotic to not enjoy musicals and american standards such as hamilton we're not we're not we're not we're not trying to inflame division by saying anything we're not trying to uh divide yeah the the populace the or or just or create a divide or or rallying cry for a part of society and culture to to resist the 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 people who do like musicals. Yes, it's just fuck them. They're not for me. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I very passionately hate them, but that's cool. Like that's, go go love them. Yeah, my cousin majored in uh, uh, musical theater, and she's insanely talented at them. Yeah, I just don't like them. <laughs> Yeah, there's also, and again, this is a this would be a better Stavros question. Um, musical singers, like theater performers, 
and I've talked about this with Stav, I think countless times being uh, such good friends with him and being close. They're really, really good, mm-hmm. but it's very different. Like hearing like, you know, Chenoweth or... Uh, Tina Menzel. Yeah, like belt out and kill a song yeah. is different than hearing Adele yeah. belt out and kill a song. Or, um, you know, or hearing like Amy Winehouse yeah. belt out and kill a song. That's or, a very good point. Or hearing, you know, like Sam Cooke croon. There's different levels to it. And it's so weird how they both have that ability to to do all the techniques of singing. Yeah. But it's the phrasing and the way they do it. It's the way it's presented. That's so different. Yeah. And that's. You know, I don't know. I that's another thing that I don't like about it. <laughs> it's like just that way of singing. That way of singing? It's so enunciated. Like, Oh, yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> like if you look. <laughs> Thank you for an example of what enunciated means. <laughs> but like if you listen to like Let It Go uh, from Frozen by Adina Menzel. Yeah. It's so like it is impossible to misinterpret one word that she says in that because it is so clearly said. Stuff like that where like. Amy Winehouse, who's like one of my favorite singers of all time, um, I can't half understand half the shit she's saying, but she's so good. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's. Um, I think I would love uh, a musical where it's sung in the style of like just real music. <laughs> That's not real like, music. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. So we're like, definitely not dividing people. But if you like <laughs> musical theater music, you don't like real music. So yeah. So you mean like like there it's like the 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 standard of songwriting where it's like sure the certain amount of measures there's a chorus there's a bridge there's yeah. an intro there's a verse yeah like, like I never saw it and I'm not sure if I would have liked it but I loved the album American Idiot by Green Day oh I would not want to watch it I yeah I, I wonder if the play it. would be any good um, but I also just remember so another thing is I don't know why I've been trying to think of a reason why but Lion King is a bop. Like I Lion like King's a bomb, a bop, a good soundtrack. The music in Lion oh, King yes, is fantastic, yes. and I don't know why, but I think it's because they're not acting when they're singing; they're just singing the songs. It, well, it's also because they are dumb. Well, they kind of do in the movie. It's like Hakuna Matata. What's Hakuna Matata? Oh, come on, kid! Yeah, like, they do do it, but I think it's because it is done. And I'm trying. I'm trying to think of all the songs. They're done. Just can't wait to be king. Um, they're done with verses. They're done with choruses. Mm-hmm. They're done with pre-choruses. They're done with the bridge. They're done with an outro. Like they're, they're done, songs. They're done like pop songs. Yeah. They're done like top forty songs. Yep. Which is why they're so. It's so easy to catch. It's they're so catchy and easy. So easy and catchy. Yeah. They're they're so. Um, you could sing along with them. Like you could sing them in the car. Yeah, like you could sing along to a musical like Wicked, but like that's uh, like, oh yeah, that, that's a very different style you're gonna have to keep up with mm-hmm. versus something as digestible as a pop format of something like Lion King or like Let It Go, the or Let It Go song. Or, or, every kid in the country was singing that song for a year straight. Or anything from Rent. Yeah, like Rent. Rent, Rent is a beautiful soundtrack, mm. but like same thing. It's not gonna be the same thing. Like what is um, Light My Candle? I, I, I remember that song, but I forget the way the chorus goes, but it's something along the lines of like, can you light my candle in the way they say it from rent? Yeah. Yeah. 
Like, you know what? Now I want to find it because I know there's people who are big fans that are just like, no, it's like, can you light my candle? <laughs> or something like that. And they're just like cringing about the fact that we can't get this. Can you light my candle? I think that's what it's called. Light my candle. It's just light my candle. Ooh. Don't play too much of it. Yeah, I know. Okay, so let's just go straight to. Oh, yeah. It's like, so these. Would you forget? Got a light. I know you. You're you're shivering. It's nothing. They turn off my heat. And I'm just a little weak on my feet. Like <laughs> these are the lyrics. And it, it it's a it's a, it's a back and forth. Yeah. It's it's a literal conversation. Yeah. It's a literal conversation. Um uh, it's out again. Sorry about your friend. Oh, here you go. Yeah, so it's 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 Okay. <laughs> So it's a conversation about like the power went out. Yeah. So it's two, it's two people just meeting meeting and like lighting the candle and this guy doesn't have matches. Yeah. That's the whole fucking thing. Like you could sing that to a degree, mm-hmm. but like are you going to sing are you really going to sing like the verse of this? You know like fingers I figured. Oh well, good night. It blew it out again. No, I think that I dropped my stash. Like <laughs> that's <laughs> That's let me a, ask you this: that's not Is a pop this song? That's not a. That's not lyrically catchy yeah. enough to be a pop song. Unlike. <laughs> yeah, like like sure, it's catchy, but it's not done in the same like lyrical setting of, of like I said, like the standard pop format of of prose. Yeah, in order to to be Is memorable. That part of the story told only through song. Like the power went out and these people meet in the hallway. It's how these two people meet. Yeah. But it's, they don't meet because what I'm thinking is Lion King, every song that I could think of, and there's only like three that I could think of, they have the story gets to where it needs to go. Like Simba says, oh man, I just can't wait to be king. It's going to be so great. What do you mean? It's going to be so great. Here's a song about it. I'm glad you asked. And then they sing a song or like. Oh, man, don't worry about it. Hakuna Matata. Uh, what does that mean? Oh, it means no worries. What do you mean no worries? Here's a song about it. Yeah. So, like, it's... They don't... I don't know. I just... I don't think I like when stories progress via song. Like, Let It Go, which I will give is a very good song. That, I've never heard it. Oh, you, you've you definitely heard, like, the chorus. I've it. heard Let It Go, and You've heard it. the part Let It Go? I've heard yeah. that's it. I don't know what it's about. I don't know what the setup is. The, I don't know what the it's, chorus... She learns how to let it go. Like, let things go. It's basically a cold yeah. version of Hakuna Matata. <laughs> uh, like, I've never, I also never actually heard the, also the other song, Everything is Awesome. From the Lego movie? Yeah. But, like, that was also a, like, a song that fucking slapped for a long time when yeah. that movie came out. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah. Because everybody would sing at any chance they had. Everything is awesome. Just the, everything is awesome. Like, yeah. that was, like, always put out there. And that song was also tongue-in-cheek. Because yes. they knew, let's make the most annoying, positive <laughs> pop song, and it's going to get stuck on people's heads. But that, and then, that, that was the theme of that movie, though. Yeah, exactly. With the character, yeah. Yeah, so. it's, you're living in a dystopian future, and everything is awesome because you're told everything is awesome. Yes, exactly. But, yeah, the let it go, she gets, like, banished or whatever, and she learns to overcome... I'm sad about being banished. No, I'm just going to fuck everything and build my ice castle. That Let it go is like the pivotal moment in that movie where she makes that 
decision, but it happens in that song. And that's why I don't like movies like that because like huge moments, like character development is being told uh, to me through a song, song. versus right, Lion right. King. He's like, I can't wait to be King. And it's like, cool. I know that about Simba now. Yeah. <laughs> and now we get to hear a song yes. about it, yes. which I think is fine. On the flip side of that, I was thinking when I was, uh, when I was talking about like, I wish there would be a musical that uses like quote unquote real music. Uh, there's an Irish musical from like the year 2000 or something called once, which is a love story oh, yeah. between, uh, with Glenn Hansard. Yeah. Maybe. Yep. Yeah. Fantastic. Where he's yeah, like, he's got, like a hole. he's got a hole in his guitar. Yeah. 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 Um, incredible. Wait, did you say Glenn Danzig? No hands. Uh, Glenn Hansard. I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> I meant Glenn Danzig. I'm no, like, Danzig. I do not remember that is not Danzig, Danzig being in that movie. No, no. I actually, I actually have that album in that movie. I bought it. Um, it's incredible because, like, yeah, he's Glenn like Hansard. a street musician, um, and like he's singing songs that he, the character, wrote on the street. So, like, he's not just looking in the mirror in his bathroom singing about how he's sad. He wrote a song about how he's sad, and he's singing it on the street, trying to make a couple bucks. And then, like, he teaches this girl to play piano or whatever, and then they write a song together, and there's lyrics in the song about how they secretly love each other. And it's beautiful, and it makes total sense. It's a, it's a beautiful movie. Because it's not framed like a musical. It's a movie about these two musicians, and they play music together. Yes. And um, they write the album, they do the demo. It's incredible. Yeah. It's a beautiful, like, it's a beautiful movie. All the music is told in a way that real people would play music. <laughs> like, they don't walk home in the rain sad and sing about how sad they are i think they i think they performed at uh an award show because they won an award yeah for that and i remember i remember he still so when i watched it i was in the middle of, of playing in bands and i remember being like oh man this is like it speaks to me as being somebody who's trying to write songs and i remember seeing his guitar and i was just like who plays a guitar like an acoustic guitar mm -hmm. with a punched out hole in it like willie nelson and uh, what's his name? Uh, the John Butler trio. John Butler. John Butler. He plays a twelve-string that like has like a it looks like a sh like he he shredded it with his hands. Hmm. Um. Regardless, and I remember just be like, oh man, that's a that's it's sad that like I hope I hope he actually played it to that point mm -hmm. and he didn't just do it for the movie. When he played the Academy show because mm -hmm. they played once. Uh, not once, uh, falling slowly. Yeah, they played that song live uh, for the show. He used that same guitar, and I was like, "Oh, that's his guitar." Okay, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I feel way better about it because there's a part of me that always loved the idea of like the damaged instrument. Yeah, but never wanting to damage my. They're fucking expensive. It's yeah. like I don't want to damage any of my shit. So, yeah, um, very cool. Uh, yeah, I remember I played Battle of the Bands in high school, and I remember asking, like, we asked, because my plan was to destroy the guitar I had, because it was, like, a cheapo guitar. I had, like, a cheapo $80 guitar yeah. um, as, like, a secondary, and I was like, oh, I could trash this shit. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and I was like, well, I, I remember asking the the judges of, like, what happens if, like, we destroy an instrument? They're like, what do you mean? Like, you know, like, smash a guitar or something. They were like, uh... You're paying for the damage to that you cause to by smashing a something. solid wood guitar <laughs> through the stage floor. Yeah, you're gonna, yeah, 100%. That's not okay. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck, okay. Then I had another instance where I was gonna light it on fire. 
and I did a test run. Yeah. And it didn't stay lit as long as I thought. And then it like it warped the paint a bit. Mm. So I kept this is a guitar. It just and then I like was practicing like throwing it and catching it. Yeah, that was <laughs> Jeez. This guitar got You're thrashed. a showman. Oh yeah, this this guitar got thrashed. Yeah. I remember jumping off of the bass kick in a show, slipping and slamming my head into like the cymbals. <laughs> and then I got up and I just hit the cymbal with like the headstock of my guitar and I just kept playing. As like payback, <laughs> no, just like just when I was playing in bands, like a big part of the of what I liked was I saw other people, I saw bands doing stuff like that, like thrashing out, and I thought that's what you were supposed to do. But on stage, I never felt comfortable doing it. But mm-hmm. then on stage, the more you get into it, in the sense of just I don't have to think as much about the song, and especially when you play with the right people, and it's just more fun to play. Yeah, um, it turns more into an outlet. Yeah. And then I, I kind of understood like, oh, I, it's just, it's like a solid 30 minutes where I can just like sweat and rage out and punch this thing that's attached to me. <laughs> and like, that's my, that's my vent. You can ask Stav, like the next time he comes on or you see him, you can be like, so like, did he like really do like punch his guitar and shit? And it's like, yeah, he has horrible technique. <laughs> like He's he literally punching. He has like horrible playing technique. Like he's like, he's like, rip, he's like breaking strings. He's breaking picks. Like, yeah, like, like. I remember I was I played a show once and I think I ripped my fingers Ugh. like all of my fingertips and I was bleeding because your knuckles were hitting the strings or something. No, my fingers. I was just like fucking hitting it, like <laughs> punching it. And yeah, other time like this, I was scraping the tops of my fingers. They were all like rawed off and shit like that, and they're all like shredded. Nice. And then I think one time I almost like picked a nail off because I was just like fuck yeah yeah bad technique. I have very bad technique. I'm a very bad guitarist. Sounds like it. Yeah, but um. Yeah, anyways, we, we went off on a wild tangent. That was like a triple tangent. Yeah. <laughs> going, back to, going back to the digestible movies, the the, the, the digestible musicals. Yeah. Um, I think that, I personally think that's why. And it's because, uh, that's why, like, they're more successful of being catchy and memorable yeah. and less aggravating is that they're done like pop songs. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. Um, yeah. There are... Just to end on like a lighter note about not fuck every part of musicals. I like the stage production. I like the talent that's in it. And I also, there's a thing that musicals do that you can't really do besides like having a complete like album, like something like Sgt. Pepper's or something like that, where it's a, it's a very succinct, like unified album is like, there's a theme that like they introduce you to at the beginning of the musical and then like another song will come up that's about a very specific topic and then like those two topics come back or like these two characters are singing together and their themes from an hour ago that you kind of remember because that was a catchy tune like make their way into that future song or like one of the songs at the end or right before the the intermission or something like that there's yeah. like an ensemble song ensemble that song, features yeah. all of those themes that they like write together to form a cohesive song i am a sucker for that that's pretty cool and I'm it a, does happen a couple times in Hamilton. i'm a sucker for the encore like the ending songs mm. of uh like rent does it where like they have this giant flourish and it ends with like the the this what, what is it called season of love mm-hmm. and it ends with like the apex so it's like this weird mishmash compilation song mm-hmm. that ends with like seasons of love mm-hmm. and it's just like oh so like you just brought me through the roller coaster of the show all over. yeah like so no like like again we're not bashing the talent or the or, or or the sacrifice that it takes for theater and musicals it's just they're just not for you 
Mm-hmm. And I guess they're not really for me, I guess. I mean, I don't mind them. I don't go out of my way to see them. Yeah. But if somebody's like, you want to go to a show? Like, it's only like 20 bucks. Like, I'm doing nothing and it's, I'm hanging out with a friend. I, I wouldn't be like, fuck you and fuck musical. I'd be yeah. like, <laughs> I mean, I'd rather not, but I, 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 I'm not going to hate it if I go. I know I won't hate it if I go. I'm not yeah. going to be like, this sucks this whole time. I'll, I yeah. will enjoy parts of it. So. I, most of the time, leave feeling positive. Like, that was better than it was bad. <laughs> like, that was more good than bad, I guess. But, like, my cousin was in a lot of shows because she's a musical theater major, and oh, she still is. So you had to go a lot? And, uh, I, I, I quote-unquote, had to go a lot. Had to go a lot. When I got older, it was like, hey, she's in another show. Do you want to go see? I would look at my schedule and be like, no, I'm working. But I won't be like, yeah, I'll take that day off of work and I'll go. But it's like, oh, I'm free so yes, I will go, <laughs> and then I'll go and I'll enjoy it. But yeah. it's like I, they're not—they're not my jam. Yeah, uh, I remember I had a lot of friends. Um, I didn't have a lot, but I—I I, I was close. The people I did have that were friends in the theater department in college—they were like my best friends and close friends. And one of them was even my roommate for a year. Um, so when I would go to shows to support them, I really liked it because the way that they were done in college was that you were like right up front mm. like to them it yeah. was like this far away that we're sitting yeah like that's the stage yeah uh for a few productions i saw and it was awesome like like first of all because i'm biased i'm seeing my friends perform and they're yeah. killing it and they're doing a great fucking job yep you know um so that's really cool like i remember there was like a, a, there was a show like that and yeah, they were great. And I was like, holy shit, this is so cool. Like, I'm watching them act and they're doing such a good job performing. And mm-hmm. you need to have, and I, I really believe this when it comes to theater, specifically theater, it is more than just a talent. It is more than just a skill. It's a character trait. Like, you need to have a security and freedom in a part of your mind and who you are to be like that for theater. Mm-hmm. Because all of the friends that I had that did that, they were a specific type of person. Yeah. And it's because you can't, could you or I go on stage and try to get by? Like, I'm sure we could probably get by in minor roles. But to be like a leading or like a secondary person in a play for theater requires a certain type of charisma. Charisma, but again, like there's a security that people like that have Mm -hmm. in themselves and like this weird strength it's almost like an armor where they know something that you don't about themselves yeah and something secure and confident Mm. enough where it's this weird anchor where they can just go right into a character just for the fuck of it just because they want to have fun like they could do it like in a in a conversation at a restaurant with you they could be like they could like like flip into this other character for fun because it would be fun to have this conversation and yes it is skill and it is technique and there is an art to it but like i do i do firmly believe like i do believe anybody can be a musician Mm -hmm. if they find and tap into what it is they like yeah like not everybody is a guitarist not everybody plays cello not everybody is a drum like there are people who's i i really believe like who they are as people they if they find that that like that counterbalance mm-hmm. with the with the right instrument they are a musician yeah you know like you can put me in a piano and i'll just bang some keys away and i don't i like i understand like a, a c key range and i like i know what to hit that doesn't mean i'm a i'm a piano player i'm mm-hmm. not a pianist at all at all i just can't i fucking can't um 
so like i understand that and i i do think the same thing with theater on that level like mm-hmm. the people who are in it that do that like your uh cousin like you were saying mm-hmm. like she's she's probably a very spe- specific type of person yeah we call them theater kids <laughs> <laughs> That is the uh, the 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 street slang yeah. for those type of people. Yeah. yeah, but like they have this weird um, confidence and security yeah. ab- about themselves that I don't know how they find or how they anchor to it. Mm-hmm. But by doing it, or at least I believe they do it, they're able to be this weird, charismatic, like chameleon. Yeah, that they can just flip the who they are off and on. To something else in their mind yeah and it's that's what it is they can like let go of who they are yeah and just be like boop, it's gone and then boom they're a completely different character yeah it's interesting do you know what i mean and, I, definitely yeah and like it's it's yeah it's just a, it, it's a very specific type of person yeah and it's um, a very specific type of talent yeah. and like a lot of people find it like annoying <laughs> like <laughs> i feel like theater kids is almost like a slur but uh but it's like a, it's a very, there's a very specific type of person. Yeah. Like once you, I like grew up knowing a lot of theater kids cause I'm really close with my cousin uh, and like all of her friends, all are, of theater her friends are theater kids. So yep. I, like I would go to parties with them and I'm like, you guys are different than my friends. And they could all just start singing a song yep. and like they all start acting. Like act the different parts of that song yes. and they never played that person, but they watched it in rehearsal so many times. They know exactly. And not just like part. singing along like you and I would to a song like, Ooh, it's the no, chorus they're like into it. They're in it. They're, those they're pe- crying. <laughs> yeah. They're, <laughs> they're like those, they, they turn into that, that character. Yeah, and that's a weird ability that I only have found with theater people. It's not—I don't know any famous actors to be able to say that. Like, I feel like they do the same, but I feel like they don't. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of uh, actors don't have the same style switch mm-hmm. as a theater person does. Yep, and I think that's why not every theater person becomes a Hollywood star, and not every Hollywood yeah. star does theater. And when you hear about it, it's like interesting. It's, it's very interesting. Like, whoa, wait a minute. Like, uh, what's his name? Um. Oh God, I feel so bad. It's uh, uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Hmm. Was when, he has was he in like theater? He like, after Harry Potter. Yeah, he had a full nude scene in theater after oh, yeah, Harry right. Potter, and it was like all over the news. <laughs> yeah, Harry Potter like f- like you know like takes out his dick. <laughs> Check out Harry Potter's <laughs> dick. Yeah. Um. Um. And it was like wow, and yeah, it, it was just that's why it was shocking. It was just like. That, that guy can do... Th- that's the thing. It's like, oh, he can... Oh, he does theater. Okay. Like, that... It's not associated as being the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, do, have you seen Mindhunter on Netflix? It's like the FBI show where no, they interview the serial killers. I scrolled right over it, yes. Um, but, like, the main character in that, if you could imagine what he looks like, he's kind of like a younger guy in his 30s, and he's like this new FBI recruit, and he like he's very stoic, and he's weird. He's like a sociopath. I have seen an episode of that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have seen that. He's in Hamilton. Is he, he plays King George, and he's like by far the most like flamboyant character. Like He's ridiculous in the show. And I was like, wait, is that the guy from Mindhunter? <laughs> like, the guy who I saw interview, like, not Ted Bundy, but like a, a bunch of serial killers yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And my girlfriend was like, "Yeah, he started in theater. Like, <laughs> it should have been weird for you to see him in Mindhunter because he was also in Frozen. He played a character in Frozen One and Two. 
Um, I think Benedict Cumberbatch did theater first too. Yep, He's, that's what I was gonna say. It was like I heard about him doing theater, and I was like, oh, he did and, theater first. Yeah, and then people are like, he started in. He theater. started in theater. Yeah, and uh, like John Malkovich, I think Ian McKellen, Patrick Stewart, um, all Eng- like big name English pe- uh, actors. Yeah, like I feel like they all have. There's a theater scene. Yeah. in London, like it's kind of like it's their history. I feel like it's a historical thing. Yep, I feel compared to like America, where it's. Oh no! You got to get to New York City if you want to really get into it's theater. It's Broadway or nothing. It's Broadway or nothing. And yeah. in England, I feel like it's it's such a rich part of their history. Yeah. And it's so uh, mainstream, especially for London. Yeah. If I had to guess, that that's why. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. And I feel like it's more common to just be like, "Oh, Patrick Stewart is doing this show in a little Liverpool theater or something like the that." The thing that I loved about Patrick Stewart mm. is that when he was Captain Picard. The writers clearly knew that that was such a strong strength of his to do theater. That's why there are so many scenes of Star Trek Enterprise, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the next generation, Mm -hmm. of him on the holodeck. Why? What? Why? Do do you know the holodeck? The No. So the holodeck is a part of the ship where you can just create a different world. Mm. So you can say, computer, load up, you know, like, load up uh, Civil War 17, blah, 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 blah. Or load up the... You know the the pirates capture of blah 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 of this century, and it like loads and plays into it. Hmm. There's a lot of episodes, and they start I think in like season three or four, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. I, I mean I'm probably totally wrong. They start showing a lot of scenes of people using the holodeck, specifically mm. Captain Picard, and it's because when they voyage out and they travel. They do that to like break up the monotony of doing space exploration. Yeah, but a part of it is because they're tapping into the fact that like uh, he's a fantastic actor and he so did does so he much play theater. like different roles in the holodeck. Like he'll be a pirate or something. Yes, like that? yes, oh, and he'll okay. be like singing a song and he does the song and like all this <laughs> yeah. other stuff. I remember specifically one where he was um, this. The the episode starts off with them on a pirate ship mm. and he's the captain. Interesting. And they're doing an entire act. And then finally, like in the middle of the climax, and like like they're like they're he just is like fire, and the cans are firing, and all this just happens. He goes like like Captain, we have a unseen, and like the whole, everything freezes, and he goes ah, computer and simulation, and he turns and he, like he walks out, and he's in a hollow deck. That's cool. And it happens a lot because he's so talented. That's really cool. Yeah, it's um yeah. If you never watched a lot of Star Trek. I've never seen a single episode of Star Trek. Star Trek, as a Star Wars diehard, mm-hmm. I love what Star Trek did because to me, Star Trek showed, especially the next generation, mm-hmm. showed a realistic take on what the situations of a future like that would be. Yeah. And it's within the world of like our understanding of physics and science. Yeah. And on top of that, it's oddly not action heavy. Yeah, the it's more show like philosophical is extremely philosophical and yeah. theological, and it's about like we got dragged into this situation to to save this species that sh- that should we have been involved into? What is our role yeah. for having the power to interact and to save? Should we be saving and dis and like sowing discourse of possible history and fate for an entire planet? Like, oh, we should have been doing that. Like, what constitutes humanity and what constitutes oneself? Like, is data a person? Mm-hmm. You know, and Data thinks he's a person and he's an entity, and they're saying he's a machine. But if he, how are we basing like self recognition and, and, yeah. and like oneself and what is, how are we judging our humanity? And it's a whole 40 minute 
episode about yeah. humanity, like <laughs> how to judge humanity. Like it sounds fascinating. Everybody it, I know who's seen it, especially the next generation, is like you have to watch it. It's, it's like it's great. Yeah, it's great. Like to me, the original Star Trek, um, the original with like, the original cast, Kirk and yes, yeah. like to me that would that show. I I thought that show was like whatever, and until I actually gave it a shot. Mm-hmm. That show does a great job of of kind of taking, like, hum, in my opinion, like the curiosity of humans, and putting it into situations, mm-hmm. and putting it putting it to me, it's really about like taking humans and our humanity and putting it into like like really dire circumstances and how would we how do we handle it? Yeah, and that show did such a good job with such charismatic people, mm-hmm. like they're set in like human culture, like. Our history is going to talk about like Captain Kirk and Spock. Like Spock's whole take is, what if you had an emotionless person who could logically and rationally, like make decisions without the influence of emotion, without mm-hmm. the influence of like some hormonal flood in our brain, some chemical that we can't control? What if we could control it and we had a race of people that could? Yeah. Like, what does that race turn into? What is their society like? What is their hierarchy what like do they have a monarch like yeah. like how, how does that work well, how do they make judgments and what is your morale like like it's such a cool concept that they actively took and put into a t- fucking tv show yeah and then next generation yeah next generation kind of like went went along with that of like well now we're going to go through the 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 questions we have about our humanity if we were to be in in if we had the physical resources to put ourselves in situations how do we respond and how does that change who we are is and how we view ourselves? Yeah. Voyager was just a fucking violent, bloody show. <laughs> Voyager is just carnage. Yeah. It's uh, if you don't know what the show is about, Voyager is really a, know the differences between any of them. I know like the first one is like really campy. Uh, yep. the next generation is takes itself very seriously and totally paid off. And then the rest of them, I heard next generation was about the uh, enterprise being more of a science vessel. Mm -hmm. So it was explore something unknown, like understand it, study it, find, get all the data on it and bring it back to humanity. So Mm -hmm. it's going off and researching these weird things. Mm -hmm. That's really what, what the next generation was about. Yeah. Voyager is about a, like a starship called the Voyager, like the Mm -hmm. starship Voyager. And its idea was to journey hence the name, into mm-hmm. the unknown quadrant of space and to mm-hmm. return. So basically the exploration. Like, yeah. go to that area we don't know anything about, find out what's there and come back. Mm-hmm. What ends up happening, I think in like the very first episode or the <laughs> second episode, spoiler alert for Voyager if you haven't seen it. <laughs> uh, and this is just the story. It's not even the heavy details. The but setup. They are taken into an anomaly. This anomaly mm-hmm. puts them on a complete, it spits them out into a completely unknown area. And when they find out where they are, they are, I think it's like, I want to say 800 years away mm-hmm. from home, from any known space. 800 light years or whatever measurement they use. Got it. Long story short, they can't get home without, they can't get home. Yeah. They're literally just plopped in the middle of nowhere space with nothing known. And mm-hmm. they're the only humans. They're the only, mm-hmm. they're the only Starship Federation ship there yeah and for the first like two seasons they can't even communicate out to anybody to home because they're, they're so far away yeah i think even more than that i think the first like four seasons wow so they're like so we don't know where we are we know the only area space we do know like where we're from 
is in that direction. Mm-hmm. It's going to take us a couple hundred years to get there, <laughs> but we might as well start. Yep. <laughs> and it's just they just start trying to head back home. And then it's the, the what they deal with on the way back. Hmm. They have no resources. They have no base. They have no communication. So it's just the crew and what, whoever they run into and whatever they run into. Yeah. And it's a very violent show hmm. because the, they're, of course, it's violent. They're basically like the lone ship yeah. out in the wild seas, not knowing anything. It's basically... It's basically the concept of like exploring the oceans back in the day. Yeah. Where you don't know anything. You You're don't know what to expect. Going across, you can't yeah. see anything. You don't know anything beyond the horizon of what you see. Yep. But you're going to it anyways. Yeah. And then when mm. you're out there, you don't know how to get back home, but you believe it's that direction. <laughs> so you just head back. Yeah. And that's the whole show. Huh. Just it takes place in space. And they kind of dabble into some concepts like philosophy and, and, um, like human theories and stuff like that but the reality of what they deal with is much more concrete which is there's bounty hunters and they're chasing this thing we don't know what this thing is or why it's valuable this thing is randomly attacking us we don't know why this thing does this and and they plop down big plot points along the way which is really cool mm-hmm. so they like for example they find out after a few I think it's a few years or maybe not even they find out that they can't keep going at the speed they're going because the long-term effects of running like their high-speed engines at this, their warp engines, their high-speed engines to yeah. get home, they didn't know because they never ran at this long, <laughs> that they're literally tearing space apart behind them. Ooh. And they're destroying space behind them. <laughs> Jesus. So they can't keep doing it. So then they have to slow down. So now you're yeah. losing time. Then they find a, a, a wormhole that could possibly take them closer or spit them out farther away. <laughs> they don't know, but they know if they keep going on their main path, they will all be dead long before they even come close to home. Yeah. So you have a possible good thing or a yep. possible worse thing. What do you do in that situation? Yeah. You Then you have, they got split into two different timelines. And then you have one timeline where they had to go through a war zone. What happened when they went through a war zone? You had one where they went through a prosperous zone where they found a lot of allies. What happened then? Interesting. So it's really cool, but it's long story short, there's all, because of the nature of the theme yeah. of that kind of show, it's pretty violent. There's have much you, more conflict in that show than the other ones. Have you seen uh, Deep Space Nine? Mm-hmm. What's that one about? It's like that politics. That one I've heard is bad, right? It's it's because that came out along with Voyager, and oh yeah, it did. Yeah, it came out along the similar time frame as Voyager, and they are entwined into the same universe. Okay, Deep Space Nine is a deep space uh, base that it's like a trading post. Oh, okay, um, it's Deep Space Nine is much more political. Mm-hmm. It's more about the bureaucracy and the politics of running basically a, a village it's a space village yeah. that's basically what it is and that's why people didn't really like it as much not as much exploration it's not exploration the weird the weird aliens come to you to barter you can't speak with them what do they want oh my god yeah. they just killed somebody why do they do that like do you see enterprise no no that was the newer one yeah i did not see enterprise 2001 to 2005 then there are a bunch of movies holy crap there's a lot of movies tom hardy's in one of them really tom hardy's a nemesis interesting oh that's way down there oh i've seen that one that's the one with nope never mind yeah star trek nemesis from 2002 holy cow there's so many movies yeah there's a lot of movies oh my goodness um especially if you go to like the originals yeah 
And then there's Star Trek Discovery, which started in 2017 and is still going, which I heard is pretty Discovery good. is really good. Yeah. I haven't seen too many, but Discovery is really good. And then there's that Seth MacFarlane show, which is basically an homage um, to Star Trek, which a lot of yeah. people say is incredible. It's also very good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's I think it's the same concept as Next Generation, but it's much more comical. Yeah. Which sounds cool. But they keep it fairly realistic. Yeah. They don't just make it super goofy. Like, it's not like warping and then when it goes, like, into warp drive, it's not like... <laughs> it's not like that. You know what I mean? It's not, <laughs> it's not like... See, I'd love that. It's not like... Warp drive um, just happened to make a fart noise. It's not like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah. Or, which I love that love movie. Love Hitchhikers. I love that. That's one of my favorite movies. But it's not like that where it's like... Like <laughs> yeah, so good. that's how they go to warp warp speed or something. I uh, um, there's a tattoo that I've seen online from the Hitchhiker's book. I don't remember if this part it was in the movie, but when they uh, the there was some switch of like infinite possibilities or something like that, where they're the two missiles coming to them and it's gonna destroy them. So they flip the switch and just any possible thing that could possibly yes. happen happens and it turns the missiles into like a sperm whale on a potted plant yep. <laughs> and then they fall to earth and they're just falling and it's like the whale is thinking this and like oh the- what is what is happening what's all this noise it's it's oh it's it's windy it's what is windy did i just make that up oh look at that a friend and it's like the potted plants and then it tells you all the things the whale thinks and then it splats on the ground it's like what's that it's it's coming faster and faster it's oh, it's hi. round i'm gonna call it the ground and then the only thing the potted plant thinks is oh god not again and i was like that is such a weird comedic writing um but there's a tattoo i've seen of just like a, a whale and a plant with like falling arrows <laughs> next to it which is like yeah that's a good that's, that's a, a really good, good tattoo that's a good reference it's, to it's a great book it's a great movie too like the way they did the movie was it was almost campy style like yeah cheap thrill but it wasn't you know what i mean like yeah. i like the idea of um oh fuck he died alan rickman no Oh, no, 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 not Alan Rickman. Who's Alan Rickman was the robot. I don't remember anybody else. Oh, yeah, he was the sad robot. Yeah. No, the guy, um, the other guy, he was, uh, he's, he's another, he always plays the bad guy. Um, he's, he's, he's an architect. Yeah. And he shows him how he, he shows the main character how he makes worlds. Yeah. And they're building planets. Yeah. He's like, oh, right, like, uh, Earth, right, yes, yes, we have one of those right here. And he's like, they're on, the conver- they're on like this, like little like bucket system and they're yeah. going and it's just they're going by planets and there's like people like welding yep. tonic plates together and shit <laughs> like and he's like what and he's like oh yeah yeah yeah. oh no we we make planets yes yes like they're expensive but yeah we make planets <laughs> <laughs> it's so good yeah it's it's i don't know it, it's a very uh, you know what it is it's a it's a very uh comforting movie yeah you know it's a comforting movie because it, it does what rick and morty does where it kind of takes you out and says like nothing matters <laughs> like nothing yeah. on this large scale nothing matters we're dead we're dirt like yep. everything we do is pointless it's the ni- it's not nihilistic it's the um the postmodern take of just this is all only worth to us for the now because it can be or like it's only it's only worth what we can give value to it until we realize that it's not worth anything because it could all just be gone yep and yeah, like the earth is exploded in like page three of the book. Oh, or something yeah. Like He's that. like, do you have a towel? <laughs> a towel? Why, I don't, why do I need a towel? He's like, I don't have a towel. And he's like chugging down pints. Yeah. He's like, you got to drink up. Keep, keep on, keep going, keep going. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and like it, it takes that that weird postmodern view, uh, the fatalistic postmodern view yeah. of of what we all kind of I think eventually have in life, and then it like it it does it, it literally does that it narrows down to the thing that matters mm. to us and how that is all that matters and for him it's his house yeah and then that scene they go back and he goes this right like I believe you had like flower beds they're still working on installing those but. <laughs> But, but it's your house. Like, here you go. And he's just like, oh, it's my house. And then it's the microcosm of the same theme where the house gets destroyed again. Mm. And he doesn't really care because he then sees Zoe Deschanel, yep. who's this girl that he cares about. And that's what he cares about. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's... It's, it's great. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a nice, comforting movie yeah. for me. Did you read the book? I read parts of it. Yeah. I never read the whole book front to back. There's like two or three sequels. Because it ends on like a cliffhanger, essentially. I never finished it, so don't spoil. Not like a cliffhanger, but it ends on like, all right, and now we're here. End of book. <laughs> and like, <laughs> uh, and then the, the next book literally picks up like on the next sentence. <laughs> like it just keeps going. The, I don't know how that movie was shot. Like what you call it. That, that's a Timmy question. Like the style of how it's done with like the narrations and the voices that are mm. done for things, but there's not enough of those movies. Yeah, there's really not. Yeah, if, if you think about it. Yeah, I have no idea what to call that, but agreed. <laughs> yeah, but it's uh, it's it's so fun and and it's cool because again, it 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 it's this weird clash of mindsets where I forget the main character's name, but he's trying desperately, like so hard, to make sense to find his place mm-hmm. and to have some type of control of the situation to understand it. Yep. And he can't in every single scene. It starts with him freaking out about that. Yeah. <laughs> and it turns into him eventually accepting it. Yeah. Um, Martin Freeman was a perfect casting for that. Character. He was a perfect cast for it. He was a perfect cast for it. So yeah, that's uh, it's, it's a great movie. I want to watch it now. That's, yeah. a, that's a great <laughs> that's, movie. That's the movie of the episode. I think one of us says, man, I want to watch that now. Every single episode. <laughs> So yeah, it's good. Speaking of watching stuff. Yes. Speaking of watching stuff. I was watching South Park mm-hmm. um, the other day. First of all, the most recent like four seasons. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Nice. Still relevant because they take place from like 2016 onward. Yeah. So it's still all relevant to things going on today. Yeah. It's so good. And yeah. it's so tongue in cheek and so... Well, not even tongue in cheek. It's just so... The satire is just so rich it's it's fantastic however on hulu there was a a warning sign when i started to watch it and it said this will expire in 10 days and i was thinking what do you mean it expires i and i thought oh they're just going to get rid of the most recent seasons because the next season must be coming out and that's when they're going to do it Mm -hmm. 10 days go by and i go back to watch and i go and i go i'll just watch the old episode where cartman gets hiv and he gives it to kyle by injecting his blood into Kyle's mouth while he's sleeping. And then Kyle's at the doctor and he has HIV. And then they have to go to uh, Magic Johnson's house to find the cure for HIV. Oh, yeah, that's right. Which is blending dollar bills and injecting them into your bloodstream, which is beautiful, by the way. Yeah. Uh, that's a beautiful episode. And it's gone. It's it's off of Hulu? Entirely gone off of Hulu. So I freak out and I go, what the fuck happened to South Park? It's one of the. It's probably the primary, if not only, reason I'm going to click on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Besides, like I think Rick and Morty's on it too. Yep. What the fuck? Turns out that they went to HBO 
Max. Aha, I was going to guess. So <laughs> then I went to say, what's HBO Max? And I went to go look up HBO Max. HBO Max is a $14.99 per month subscription service by HBO. Yeah. On top of HBO Go, HBO Max, and then what, HBO Now or whatever? HBO Now got turned into HBO Max. Oh, okay. Okay. So, so. It's, it's good. And HBO Now used to cost $14.99. And it was, you get everything HBO ever did and a bunch of movies. But now it's, you get everything HBO did, a bunch of movies that like HBO has the rights to currently, like Netflix and Warner Brothers. They just like partnered with Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers decided we we're not big enough to do our own streaming service. We'll partner with HBO and it'll be an HBO slash Warner Give Brothers. Give me a top Warner Brothers movie I need to watch. All eight Harry Potter movies. All no. the DC movies. Awesome. Like Disney Plus has all the Marvel movies. HBO Max has all the DC movies. Yeah, no. That's it. Disney Plus is cheaper. It's half the price. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say like... HBO Max has way more, like at least double what Disney Plus has. Give me terms. another WB movie I got to see. No, that's it. <laughs> but there's probably a lot more that I can't think of. This is Delphire? Uh, maybe. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know if it is. I don't know if it is. Uh, that was a random one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was just thinking. I was just thinking of an older movie that like, I remember seeing the WB. Uh, I don't know. I got it. I, I'm on the one week free trial right now because girlfriend and I were scrolling through it and we also saw that they got all the rights to release all of the Studio Ghibli movies in the US which is the only streaming service that has a Ghibli movie so that's Spirited Away My Neighbor Totoro Princess Mononoke Kiki's Delivery Service stuff like that okay uh, all eight Harry Potter movies which we want to watch it's like who hasn't seen those Hedwig's theme nice choice uh, do you know that song is called Hedwig's theme no or like the original instance of that melody no uh, it is um, written by John Williams he did the score for the first one or first two okay okay um, <laughs> there's a bunch of other stuff on there that's pretty cool they have every season of Looney Tunes ever not that I care about that Ooh. Ooh, no, that's really cool. I like Looney Tunes. Uh, did you know Looney Tunes started in like 1931? Yes. If you look at like the first season of Looney oh, yeah, the Tunes, black and white. it's unrecognizable. I did not know it was Looney Tunes. It just looks like a Mickey Mouse ripoff. Yeah, they're like black and white. Old. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then like Bugs Bunny gets introduced in like one like throwaway episode from like season 17. Yeah. Uh, and then he becomes like their main character, main character and he fights with like Elmer Fudd and Yosemite Sam and stuff like that. That's all, folks. Yeah. Yeah, all that shit. Yeah. Do you know Looney Tunes uh, is a play on words because uh, A, they're loony. That part's just they're loony. Um, but tunes, like cartoons, but it's spelled like tunes the songs because they were always played over like classical music pieces. Like no. it would be like Mozart playing in the background to roadrunner and wiley coyote chasing each other to like the music of i Mozart. love i love those like that's my childhood like yeah. watching watching those two go at it and yeah, like, hearing the classical music like yep. that's that's why it's called looney tunes spelled with t-u-n-e-s i also love the fact that there's that there was that weird time frame i want to say in the 70s mm-hmm. maybe it was in the 80s i do not remember but it was the 70s or the 80s maybe even the 90s where there was some weird cultural obsession in America with Looney Tunes being tough. 
Oh yeah, <laughs> like the Tasmanian Devil and like Tweety Bird, like like looking all like like yeah, Tweety know. Bird with like a do rag on. <laughs> yeah, like look like crossed arms, like don't you, Tweety this bird, like you know what I mean? <laughs> yep, that classic T-shirt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, and like that's okay. when like uh, Calvin peeing on stuff got popular. Those bumper yeah, stickers. Yeah, like like I don't understand where that came from. Yeah, it's uh, dumb. It's, and there was like a certain type of person, like that kid at school who had like the Marvin the Martian holding like an AK forty seven. It's like, oh god. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um Yeah, like I remember seeing a video about a car show, and there was one car entirely dedicated to the Tasmanian devil. Mm-hmm. And it was just like a muscle car with like the Tasmanian devil, like like with like boxing gloves on in a tornado. There was one where he's like had like a denim ripped sleeve denim vest. Yeah. Like with patches, like biker patches on it and stuff. And I'm just thinking like what when was this super popular? Like <laughs> what is this crossover? Like it's it's familiar, but like and it's weirdly a mo- a slight a, a, a split second in American culture mm. where it was like the thing. Yeah. It was the thing for like Eight months, and then it just... <laughs> it's definitely longer than, like, eight months. Was it? Yeah, but then there were all, there was the, the girl version of it. Talk about needlessly gendered. There was, like, the overtly sexualized Lola bunnies and stuff like that. <laughs> um, yes. Those yes. same people are the same people who love Minions. From, like, Despicable Me. <laughs> yes. They just turned into Minions they fans. They turned into Minion fans. Yes, yes. Which I also never understood the love for Minions. Yeah, no, and I never understood the love for tough Marvin the Martian. No, see, like, that I get. Like, there's a, there's a weird... You know what it was? I think it's because that's when, like, Space Jam came out and, like, Looney Tunes mm, were, like, s- super cool at the time. Yeah. Um, And that's why they took on this persona of being edgy and aggressive. You know what it may have been? No. Is... Uh, <laughs> Okay, I'll tell you. Uh, Bugs Bunny, like the way he started, his attitude was just asshole. Like Bugs Bunny is an asshole. His whole thing of like leaning against a tree, loudly hey. chewing a carrot, like, yeah, what's up, Dak? Yeah. Uh, like that's so, that I think is what stemmed that whole like asshole Looney Tunes culture. Of, like <laughs> Asshole Looney Tunes <laughs> culture. That should be the name of this episode. Asshole Looney Tunes culture. That's, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> Uh, can we have the name of a podcast episode be asshole? We'll figure it out. We'll figure yeah, we'll it out. figure it out. We'll edit um, out how to do it. But like, and then people are like, yeah, I identify with that asshole, but I prefer the look of this Tasmanian devil because I'm crazy and I'm unpredictable. Give me asshole crazy. Guy. Yosemite Sam with yeah, his exactly. uh, pistols. Like yeah, that's off. like, hey, we got assholes for rednecks. And it's like... <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get, uh... And then there was, like, the whole Elmer Fudd, like, duck season, rabbit season, insert season here of things you want to (laughs) shoot. Like... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was, like, the duck season, rabbit season, Ford drivers season. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't know. Chihuahua season. Yeah. Yeah, it. I don't. I don't know. Um, I can't believe we just went off a tangent on this, or how, or not even a tangent. The conversation shifted to this. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, like my mind's being flooded with all the images that I didn't realize I saw as a kid yeah. of those things. Those like embossed t-shirts or like the Six Flags airbrushed t-shirts. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> with like the stars and the sparkles, but also like a cartoony like bent gun. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah, that man. too. Oh. I remember going on the field trips and you had to sit next to that kid. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like... His mom packed him the worst lunch filled with all the things that you were jealous about. Like, he had fruit gushers and Cheetos, and his lunch was, like, peanut butter and potato chip sandwich. And you're like, I just got ham and cheese and an apple. But he had the the asshole Looney Tunes shirt and all the good snacks. And he had the Kool-Aid jammers. No, and see, none, none, of this, jammers. none of this ever... Uh, <laughs> you want to know... So those are the things that you were like, man, that's a great lunch. You want to know the stuff that I saw other <laughs> oh, people God. have that I thought was a great lunch? Sure. Liverwurst sandwiches. Ew. <laughs> you saw those and you were like, yes. yeah, I want that? Yes. No. My friend was like, oh, it's, it's this again. And I was like, what, what, what is that sandwich? He's like, it's liverwurst. I'm like, liverwurst? It's liver? He was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, man, I want to try liverwurst. Like... I thought it was because like it's nasty. No, it just I never had liverwurst, so I was just so curious about it. I was like, "Oh man, liverwurst! Oh man, that sounds..." And I got into liverwurst because of that. I remember went home and I asked my parents. I said, "Can can we try liverwurst?" <laughs> and I didn't know my mom grew up on liverwurst because she she grew up poor and she was like, "Yeah, I I liverwurst some with some with some mustard. Oh, it's fantastic. We'll get half a pound. We'll get a pound tomorrow. Like when we go to the grocery store." Yeah, I was like, "Yay! I get to try liverwurst, and I didn't hate it. I still don't mind liverwurst sandwiches." Nice. I'm not saying they're like the greatest thing ever. Then they're no Italian combo, but <laughs> they. Uh, but yeah, that's the stuff that I saw other people eating that I was like, "Oh man." No, for me it was all about the gushers. It, for me, it was anything that had a TV commercial, and I was like, "I want that." <laughs> and then the kid at school would have that. See, I, I had gushers, so I never craved them. I had I had gushers, fruit roll ups, um, fruit by the foot. Um, yeah, those are the that's the the holy trinity. Yeah, the trinity. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm gonna take a picture when I get back when I get home. But girlfriend and I literally bought a, that Holy Trinity pack at the store the other day because it comes in one box. It's fruit gushers, fruit by the foot, and fruit roll. Is it, is it like is the box called Childhood Trinity? Is that what it is? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think the, it's, the Childhood. Trinity. I think it's called the Holy Trinity. Like they're in a lot of hot water for it, but like the people who know, they know. Uh, but yeah, yeah, we were going through the grocery store and we were like, all right, do you want anything else? And my girlfriend's like, yeah, I want fruit gusher. So I'm like, hell yeah, you do. Let's go to the fruit snack section. And that was the only one they had. Like the fruit gushers section was empty, but they had the Holy Trinity in one box. And we're like, hell yeah, I want fruit by the foot. Yeah. So we have those. We're out of fruit by the foot because those are clearly the best. I never liked fruit roll-ups. Yeah. Fruit roll-ups are dumb. They're too gummy. Yeah. And it's I like always, rubber. I cannot get over the fact that I, I eat them the wrong way and I can't force myself to you just them the right crunch on them. Like, no, like I, uh, you unroll them, you take off the plastic cause you'll die if you don't. And then do you, you pop, do you out, you 
punch out the inserts? No. That's the way you're supposed to. You're supposed yes. to enjoy it, or you're supposed to just take bites out of it. I wad it up into a ball and just chew on it for that like is, 20 minutes. You were one of those kids. <laughs> yeah. You were a fucking savage. That's where, yeah. that's where you were. No, it's it's like that one thing of like, hey guys, check out what I'm going to do. <laughs> and people are like, haha, yeah, you totally just ruined your snack for the sake of comedy. But I, that's how I eat it every single time. I always punched out the dinosaurs and stuff and then i would your life then i would like eat the dinosaurs individually and then i would then i would rip rip the because like with the inserts out it was easier to rip yeah and so then i'd rip it up until like like thirds yeah and i would eat and you eat like the strips yeah yeah one at a time that's that's i'm envious of the way you you can eat fruit (laughs) roll-ups fruit by the foot i would always like take the end and like eat as fast as i could (laughs) and then i would like just rip it off no i i eat it in essentially one bite (laughs) Like I'm, I'm chewing and swallowing the fruit by the foot that's already in my mouth, but it's still in my lips. Why? Like there's still more of it coming, and that shit is gone in two minutes. I would, I would also like take out a good amount that I would want, and mm-hmm. I would rip it with the paper so I could keep it rolled up, okay. so I could eat it later too. That's really efficient. So, <laughs> so I would eat the strip that I cut like just by itself as its own quote unquote fruit by the foot. And then when I wanted more, I would then take out another piece and like rip it off. And I would just, and then at the final end, when it has like that super intense curl on the yeah. inside, that was like the savory part. At the which, end. Is, <laughs> which is also like, I so badly every time want to unfold that, but you can't. It's like when you're peeling off duct tape and it accidentally sticks to itself. And you're yeah. like, well, that's never coming off. Yeah, like, well, that's fucked. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I want it to be one fully unrolled strip and I've like never gotten it to happen. Man, you were savage as a kid. I, I was. I tried to savor it, man. I did what I could. No. You know what I plowed through? I plowed through the meat. I plowed through like my sandwiches. I plowed through <laughs> I plowed through that shit. Yeah. I was I would finish a sandwich in like a minute flat and then I'd be still hungry for more sandwich. Yep. Well uh we'll end on this because we'll go kinda long. Your lunch sandwich, whatever the filling is, whatever the ingredient is, what's the best bread? Oh, potato bread. Yep. Correct. Bread. Thank God. Wait, wait, wait. As a kid or now? Be- it should be the same answer. Potato no, bread no. is the potato best. Potato bread is the best bread as a kid. Yeah. The best oh, bread the now is the sprouted grain Ezekiel bread. Oh, it's so good. Especially if you toast it. So all those sprouted grains get a little toasty, nutty flavor. I think as oh. an adult, I might enjoy that. But potato bread, man, is unreal. When I discovered potato bread and I was like, can we get potato bread? And my parents were like, yeah, sure. Well, it's just different bread yeah um it was so good i was just eating it yeah no (laughs) i would literally my like after school snack would be not toast but bread with butter on it potato bread just eating bread it's so good what is it i don't it's like it's made out of potato starch or something it's so like soft and like gummy gummy and pliable and it's not it's like a little salty or something. It's it just rich. Has a little bit of a pop. It's like, like a, rich. Yeah. It's rich. Like if Ugh. you have white bread, it's almost like it's almost dry by comparison. It's white bread is like those like popcorn cakes where you like you eat them and you're the like rice this cakes? is fine. Yeah, like rice cakes. This is fine. This is nothing. That's white bread. Like yeah, you could have a sandwich surrounded by nothing or you could have it surrounded by that gummy <laughs> sticky Oh, it's so delicious. Yeah, Martin's Martin's potato bread. Martin's. That's like the Martin's. only potato bread That's I've the only ever pota- seen. Yeah, true. It is. It is. I mean, there's something about potato bread. I That's haven't had so it in good. forever. And grilled cheese? Ooh. Grilled cheese. Don't even come near me with a grilled cheese that isn't on potato bread. <laughs> 
What the fuck? Like, who thought about doing that? Let's mix a potato with bread. Yeah, like, <laughs> let's throw some bread and a potato in a blender and see what comes out. Oh my! Oh my gosh! It's the greatest thing ever. Like, <laughs> that's what they. That's, we did it. <laughs> we did it, fam. We lit. We like, solved kids not wanting to eat their lunch. <laughs> potato bread. Yeah, potato bread was. My parents forced me to have whole wheat. Like there would be sometimes like my, mom, my mom would always write me a note and I always love them. And I wish I did that thing that like I saved them all. And then like one day for Mother's Day, I would give my mom all my school notes that she left me. Oh, the tears. Come on. That would be so good. But it would always be like, hey, Chris, have a good day at school. Uh, don't forget to hand in your homework. I made you a bologna and cheese with mayonnaise. Uh, and then I'd be like, ooh, bologna and cheese and mayonnaise. And I'd like, I'd see like maybe the fruit gushers like, oh, I got like a, a, an A on my report card. So she got me fruit gushers for the munch or something like that. And then I'd unroll the wax paper and I'd ugh, fucking wheat bread. You had wax paper? Yeah. I got Ziploc bags, my dude. Oh, man. Ziploc bags. Wax paper. You take like a square that's probably like uh, quadruple the size of the sandwich surface area. You fold it in half roll it down and then fold the folds underneath the sandwich uh you got a classic 1940 style sandwich exactly i got that stupid wheat bread i got that 1990s nuclear family <laughs> ziploc bag plastic <laughs> shit where that shit turned into like if you didn't eat it on time that shit turned into like a wet sandwich somehow yeah because <laughs> How the is so much moisture in it because the condensation somehow like traps the moisture in the sandwich <laughs> so the moisture comes out that's why you had the wax paper the yeah. wax paper slowly yes gently yes, lets yes. it uh, evaporate um i don't but you get a peanut butter and jelly that you're eating <laughs> peanut butter and jelly stew by yeah the time like you open that like peanut butter and jelly gum is what <laughs> you're having i like <laughs> I I know you're gonna just shake your head because I just said that my favorite bread is the sprouted grain bread, but I don't mind wheat bread. Like it I never sucks. like when my family switched to well the other way, other thing is that my family wasn't saying you need to eat wheat because it's healthy for you. It was we're eating wheat because I pay for wheat. Yeah, but sure. <laughs> There's no other option in this house. It's hard to argue. Yeah, and it's just like okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I don't have a choice of what I eat. My parents are they want to buy wheat bread. We don't get multiple breads, as like my parents would say. Just we're not your maid or your grocery service. Yeah. You do not get what you want. We want to eat right. wheat, so therefore there is wheat bread in the house. You get our wheat scraps for wheat sandwiches. <laughs> you get all the crusts that are like <laughs> braided together. They're woven together, and that's your bread. <laughs> so, um, so I grew up on wheat. I grew up on wheat, white, and potato, and and I never hated wheat i actually like rye bread because we went through a rye phase and i love rye toast for breakfast rye toast is... rye toast with an omelet yeah that's when i go to like a diner i get rye garden omelet with home fries and some rye toast with a coffee black mm. oh that mm. is my morning yes oh my morning i'm so glad you said potato bread <laughs> Why? This is like the secret. This is like the Rosetta Stone to why we're friends that we've just now found. <laughs> like we're such different people. It doesn't make sense that we're friends. But it was potato bread. We just never knew it until that, now. I didn't know potato bread was that like monumental I'm, for you. I'm passionate about my love for potato bread. <laughs> as passionate as I am about fuck musicals. <laughs> that should be the name of the episode. Fuck musicals. <laughs> I think that's worse than asshole Looney no, Tunes. but it's not like fuck musicals like we hate musicals it's fuck musicals as in the, it's musicals about fucking okay <laughs> so fuck dash musicals <laughs> <laughs> i 
let's do it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay. Um, we'll end it with uh, potato bread. Potato bread on, on three. One, two, three. Potato, potato bread. bread. <laughs>start the show with that don't say it? it now i'm not i'm not i'm because i'm testing well actually it wouldn't even be a spoiler if you said it now because no, 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 it's no, at no. the end of the episode no, no. yeah true 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 true